may I suggest that in the next 30 minutes, uh, next uh, hour and a half, for sure, you are going to want the number of this company. It's 1-800-906-2440. It's American Financing. (laughs) Americanfinancing.net. You will want that number. Write it down. I'm not kidding. Write it down right now. 800-906-2440. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Write it down. By the end of the next 90 minutes, you are going to want that phone number. Trust me. Americanfinancing.net. They can help save you lots of money. They can help you get out of debt. Please. American Financing, 800-906-2440. What's the word of the day? Transitory. Transitory. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to take on all kinds of new meaning for you here in just a minute. Stand by. The show begins. Program. First things first. Governor Santos, Santos, Governor DeSantis. What you're thinking of I, is Governor Death Santos, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because of what he's doing, pe- killing old people. Senator, De- or he, uh, good God Almighty, is this how we're going to start the show? Stop the music. Mm-hmm. Stop the music. Can you go back to the beginning? Let's just go back to the. Can you do that? Can you go reload back the to theme? The, Mm-hmm. Reel the theme back. We're just stations. Edit this part out. Yep. Uh, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I am a famed broadcaster. Go ahead. Start all over again. <laughs> radio Hall of Fame, by the way, we should point out. What would you say? You're in the Radio Hall of yeah, Fame. I know. I know. And Well, that's why we're editing this. Okay, yeah. Okay, this is so no one start. will know. Okay, no we're starting will... over again. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Yeah. Or is it death program. Hello America! It's like we just did this. Mm. Welcome to the program. First things first, Governor DeSantis. Yes. Thank you. Not only returning everything to normal, but he also stopped. The state of emergency. Florida is no longer in a state of an emergency. Every state must end their state of emergency. You'll understand why here coming in a few minutes. I am going to uh, teach you a new word today. You've heard it a million times, but now it's everywhere and there's a good reason. What's the word of the day, Stu? Transitory. Transitory. Mm. I'll explain in 60 seconds. Good recovery. Thank you. Thank you. What recovery? Uh, really? <laughs> oh, we're live? Oh, when did that oh, start? Why didn't you tell me that? 
Sherry lives in Michigan. She's got herself a pretty sweet husband. Uh, she used to suffer almost constantly from pain in her hips. It was to the point she had difficulty even getting around the house. And her husband, sweet guy, what a great guy, decided that he would get on the Internet and research pain relief for her. He happened across Relief Factor during his uh, search. <laughs> he wouldn't have had to have done that if he was such a great guy. He could have been listening to this program. Uh, they decided Sherry uh, should give it a try. She said, okay, I'll try it. She had nothing to lose except, you know, 20 bucks if it didn't work. Hopefully, it would work for her. She'd be one of the 70%, and her pain would be gone. So she ordered the three-week trial packet. Sherry began uh, taking it. By week two, she said she was feeling so much better. She was able to get around with no problems at all. These days, she has no pain at all. The cure for her, relief factor. It works on inflammation, and I know. I mean, every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, let me get out of the big guns. I'm going to take ibuprofen 800. I got to get a prescription for that. I couldn't just take four tablets over the counter. I need a doctor to write something that heavy. And I never think anything works on that. But this does. This does. Try it. Relief factor. Try it for three weeks. Most people see the difference in three weeks. If it's not working within three weeks, probably not going to work. It's relieffactor.com, 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. Americans are constantly told conservatives want voter suppression. Police are systemically racist. Equity trumps equality. What's the truth? Is America a racist nation? Glenn investigates the big lies from the left, shares the real data on police violence, and debunks the race baiters that continue to divide our country. Get the facts to fight back. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, only at blazetv.com slash Glenn. It's going to be a great show uh, tomorrow on Blaze TV. Please, we need your support now more than ever. Join us at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and uh, save on your subscription okay today is a day i hoped would never come um today is a day that i need to tell you something really seriously i ask that you give me 90 minutes today i know that's a lot to ask um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lead with a sexy headline uh, in fact i'm gonna spend the first couple of minutes giving you perspective of what other people are saying but I think when you see the credibility of the people that are saying what I've been telling you is coming, you will understand I need to spend the time. If you don't have the time now, I ask that you listen to our podcast today and make sure you get the full story on the economy. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and the word of the day, transitory. Transitory. Stu, what's transitory mean? Short-lived. It comes and it goes. Comes and it goes. Mm -hmm. Comes and it goes. Mm -hmm. Now, you're going to hear that everywhere. Everywhere. When people are talking about the economy. Because they're going to start to tell you that our inflation is transitory. Not a big deal. It comes and goes. It's going to be here for a while and then it'll be gone. Transitory. Let me give you now quickly the headlines that show you what the mainstream, what your friends and neighbors will be told. This is from the New York Times. Widespread commodity shortages raise inflation fears. This is a story about how lumber is going up and, and copper and everything else. The Fed, 
the Fed, the president of the New York Federal Reserve, delivered a message yesterday. His name is John Williams. He's one of the top officials at the U.S. Central Bank. He says that inflation is going to run above the 2% target for the rest of the year. Hmm. Yeah. But he expects inflation to subside to 2% by 2022 as things really kind of reopen and everything um, comes back to normal. So it will be transitory inflation. And he also says, and I want you to take this seriously because I am not claiming to be smarter than the people who have actual degrees in these uh, these topics. I do believe that I come at this from a different angle because I haven't been professionally and carefully taught about how these things work. I use common sense and common mathematics. He said, it's important not to overreact to this volatility in prices resulting from the unique circumstances of the pandemic and instead stay focused on the underlying trends of inflation. So we have had good inflation numbers for quite some time, and that's been the trend. So this one is transitory. It's just because we shut down the economy and now everybody is coming back into place. Transitory. Transitory. Mm -hmm. Okay. Transitory inflation. That is a good possibility of what he's saying. Look, the world has been shut down, so we have a shortage of stuff. And so it's going to get really expensive. But then when the world starts making things and goes back to normal, remember, the world has to go back to normal. When the world goes back to normal, the prices will subside. They'll they'll come back to where they, they should be. That's the theory. What causes inflation, Stu? Uh, too many dollars chasing too few goods. Okay. All right. So when people, what's going to happen is, his theory is, we have, we have uh, people that have been pent up inside, and they're going to go outside, and they're going to start spending their money. But because they've been inside, nobody's been making these products, right? Mm-hmm. And so because they're making these products... Uh, I haven't been making these products. There's going to be too few goods for too much cash. What do you normally do to curb inflation? Usually they hike up interest rates. Why would you do that? Uh, It's going to cause people to want to save money more and and not spend it. Actually, the reason why interest rates go up is because the bank charges, let's say, 5% interest, but the Fed may charge 10% interest, okay? So then Mm. the bank has to charge 12%. So they get their 2%, but that rest of that money goes back to the Fed to be burned, okay? So you, you pull all of this extra money back in. You have too much money, so you pull it back in. Mm Mm-hmm. That's important because we've just printed $19 trillion. Okay. All right. So it's transitory. Uh, Here's another Federal Reserve president. This is Thomas Barkin telling uh, CNBC yesterday, I think you're going to see price pressure this year. Uh, There's a strong demand situation and you've got constraints in supply. When those things happen, you're going to see price pressure, price pressure is a fancy way of saying inflation when you don't want to say inflation. 
Inflation is a recurring phenomena, he said. Prices go up this year. Prices go up next year. I think it's fair to argue the question whether the combination of supply chain constraints and stimulus-driven price increases actually revert next year. So he's, he's not sure. It's a fair argument to say it may not be transitory. Okay. Let me give you some just of the stats. Uh... If you have a used car, the value of your used car in the last 24 months has gained more value than the S&P 500. There is a shortage of used cars. Now, they're spinning this as this is great because their car is going to be worth more, so they'll trade it in and they'll buy a new car. But why are people buying used cars? Why is the value of a used car going up instead of a new car? If we're flush with cash. Over the past year, we have pumped more money into the financial system than ever before. Bloomberg is a little more honest using the term when they talk about rising prices instead of inflation. They're talking about skyrocketing commodity prices. What does skyrocketing mean? Lumber up 265%. Crude oil up 210. Gasoline 182. Uh, heating oil up 107. Corn up 84%. Do you know how much corn is used in almost everything from corn syrup to corn flakes? Almost everything has corn in it. Copper up 83%. That's just the beginning. Soybeans, 72%. Silver, 65%. Sugar, 59%. Cotton, 54%. Natural gas up 43%. Wheat up 19%. And coffee up 13%. These numbers are called supply chain disruptions and transitory increases. Transitory. Transitory. Mm. Okay. That is the good news. That's the defense. That is the, hey, it's transitory. It, yes, we'll have maybe even skyrocketing prices. But these things come and go. Okay? From Bank of America. Last week... Sorry, two weeks ago, they had their latest earnings call commentary. Now, Bank of America, you uh, want to understand, listens to earning calls for the stock market. And what those earning calls are, it's corporations, the CEO, CFO, they give the report and they say, hey, here's what we're experiencing. This is it helps people look to the future if you're. If you're buying into the stock market, part of the intrinsic value now is not how much a company is making, not based on anything real, actual, I can count it right now. No, we're looking at future earnings. So now, two weeks ago, Bank of America said that, and I'm quoting, buckle up, inflation is here, end quote. They showed a chart of the number of mentions that CEOs or CFOs made 
on their earnings call. And it was the biggest jump in history since Bank of America started keeping record of these. It uh, exploded more than tripling the year over year per company. Uh, And uh, thus, they said two weeks ago, mentions of inflation on calls more than tripled so far, pointing to higher inflation, end quote. Okay, well, we all know that. But they're not talking about what's right now. They're talking about the future. So if you know and I know inflation is here, what are they what are they saying for future earnings? Now that was oh so last week. They needed a bigger chart this time. Bank of America writes after the third week of earnings, mentions of inflation have now quadrupled year over year. And after last week, mentions have jumped nearly eight hundred percent. So let me have them explain what this means. I'm reading from the Bank of America report. Inflation trends running hot as margins hit record highs. We noted during week two that mentions of inflations quadrupled year over year. After last week, mentions have jumped nearly 800% year-over-year, Exhibit 10. On an absolute basis, mentions skyrocketed to near-record highs, pointing to, at the very least, transitory hyperinflation ahead. Again, this is from Bank of America's earnings report, the report on all of the earnings from companies, pointing to, quoting, at the very least, transitory hyperinflation ahead. Not to worry, they go on. Inflation risk is most prevalent in materials, consumer sectors, and industrials. So... If you're buying ring neck doves, you're going to be fine. <laughs> and don't worry, hyperinflation, according to Bank of America, hyperinflation, which is at the very least, will be transitory. Well, I think, Generally speaking, genocide is also transitory, is it not? Comes and goes, Glenn. Comes and goes. They start doing genocide and then they stop. It only happens for a while. Why say genocide when we should say Hitler engaged in transitory genocide? Okay. So what does all of this mean? And what do you do? In uh, 40 minutes, 38 minutes from now, I will give you a list of things to do. Uh, But there is more that you need to understand. Please don't go anywhere. If you have to, please get this episode and share this episode with your friends. If you are prepared, you will be better than everybody else. You'll be better than everybody else, but you need to prepare transitory hyperinflation is coming.
back in a minute. Okay. Uh, everything you do, you need to save money. Everything you do, you need to save money. You also need to deal with companies that are not part of this great reset, are not part of this, this crackdown that is coming. Uh, and Patriot Mobile is the best way to do it. Patriot Mobile. They use the same uh, you know, cell towers as all the other major carriers, so you get the same great service. But they also have the broadest nationwide coverage. Plus, they have plans that will fit any budget, including multi-line discounts. Switching is really easy. If you switch today and bring your own phone, you'll get 50% off your first two months, plus a free Patriot starter kit. Also, you can enter to win a free phone and cellular service for life. Details are at PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Save money. And uh, do business with a, a, a nationwide company that is not part of the Great Reset. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, taxes here quickly. Uh, the wealthy may f- uh, face now under a wealth tax, 61% tax rate, 61% on inherited wealth. Um, there is also a marriage penalty under Biden's new tax plan that is coming. If you are a single person, you make $452,700, you're fine. Uh, you, you, you will not be paying more taxes. Well, you, yeah, you see, he said not a penny more. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're married and your wife or your husband makes some change, that number is 509. So if you're married to a successful person or you're married to somebody who's making, you know, 70 grand, it actually behooves you not to be married. So now we're having a marriage penalty tax, which is really interesting because isn't the latest stimulus the the Family Act? Isn't it supposed to be strengthening our families? But this does exactly the opposite. It does not strengthen our families. It's almost like the government is trying to dismantle our families. Hmm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Do not miss the next uh, 20 minutes. Uh, Let me tell you about LifeLock. The latest fad in the scamming world, it's called ghost tax preparers. And they're outdoing themselves. They prepare your taxes, but won't sign them as paid tax preparer. That would be a red flag that you might be the victim of a scam or even a refund fraud. You have to understand what's going on in today's world and how all of this stuff affects all of us. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, most of which you're going to miss. They might miss something as well. I mean, everybody will. There's just so much going on. Nobody can protect you at all times. But here's the greatest thing. LifeLock not only will put you onto alert and they're watching all of it, They also have access to a dedicated restoration specialist for you. 
So if something goes wrong, they're there to help clean it all up. And it's a mess. Get 25% off your first year at lifelock.com with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK. Save 25% now. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV before the hyperinflation hits. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, Today, we are talking about, uh, at the very least, and I am quoting Bank of America, at the very least, uh, transitory. Transitory hyperinflation comes and goes okay um now i hope you have a plan by the way <laughs> this do. doesn't end in like no, a, no, no. a cliffhanger I, I, you're all probably uh, going to die no I no, no i i do have i do have a plan and things that i am doing personally and i highly recommend i just gave a plan to pat he just walked in a little white and <laughs> uh and i gave him a plan for him and reasonable yeah, 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 for yeah. him, yeah, yeah. So uh, we have that coming up here in uh, just a minute. First, I want to talk to you about another pressure. Uh, our government is not just printing the money. Somebody is on the hook for that money. And right now, it's the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is not part of the American government. It is the five largest banks in America. That's who the Federal Reserve is. And if you think the five largest banks are just going to take it and be left holding the bag, you're mistaken. Most people are aware, I hope, that the Federal Reserve and the government have pumped trillions of dollars into this economy just because of COVID. They've done it through a combination of things. Free cash provided by the government to individuals. Free, remember that. Forgivable loans to businesses. Hundreds of billions in loan forbearance on mortgages, meaning you would have defaulted, but they said, no, hold off. Student and car loans forbearance as well. And a myriad of other spending that adds up northward of trillion in direct COVID-19 stimulus and $19 trillion in total economic stimulus, including money that is not directly tied to COVID. A good deal of the deficit has been taken on by Uncle Sam, and it was directly financed by the Federal Reserve. So what does that mean? That means the Federal Reserve purchased themselves... U.S. Treasury bonds, but they purchased them with bogus money. They printed the money, bought the bonds, and then put that on their records as, you know, okay, so we have these bonds as investments, but they don't want the investments. Listen to this. The Fed has usually held a small amount of Treasury bonds, around $220 billion in 2007 before the crash. However... After the crash of 08, the Fed's holdings of U.S. Treasuries went up to $4 trillion as the Fed printed currency to bail the big banks themselves out. Now, fast forward. 
the emergency of COVID-19. They have now purchased another $3.6 trillion in U.S. debt, giving Uncle Sam $3.5 trillion to spend however he wants. The net result is the Fed now carries over $7.5 trillion in U.S. bonds. That means the five biggest banks, you know, wonder, oh, the banks are too big to fail. Oh, how come they keep getting bailed out? They're getting bailed out because they got a dirty little deal going on with the government. They're financing our politicians' debt. That's 25% of all of our debt held by those banks, and they bought it without ever coming to you. So we bailed out the, mer- the mega corporations. We bailed out mortgage companies. We bailed out the banks. We bailed out the airlines, the cruise industries, college, U.S. consumers, small businesses via PPP, farms and ranches. Who's going to bail out the, be- the Fed? Believe it or not, there is a plan for this. But first, you have to get yourself into the mindset of a central planner. If you're a conservative, you 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 look at uh, the world differently. You look at it as individuals and individual ownership. But if you're a central planner, you don't. You see pools of capital. According to uh, Alan Greenspan in his remarks in 2005, pools of capital. That's all that money is, are pools of capital that add up to a whole. And that whole can be allocated as needed during times of crisis. What does that mean? I mean, I agree there's pools of capital. There's money in U.S. banks, bank accounts. There's money in the stock market. There's another pool of retirement accounts and pensions. But they're privately owned. And yes, they do add up to the whole economy. But the government doesn't have access to that. Oh, don't they? Statists see these pools of money as uh, untapped assets. The fact that it sits in your pension fund or your bank account doesn't matter. That's an that's a, a an asset that can be tapped for growth. If you think you own your money, think again. The bailout of the Fed currently. There are $9 trillion worth of pensions in the U.S., both public and private. That's the teacher's pension, the police, the firemen, the railroad workers, the plumbers, the carpenters, the blue-collar union pensions. The pensions allocate fund for investments to continue to grow to meet retirement benefits of the pensioners. So pension managers invest in stocks and bonds and mutual funds and real estate. Okay. They remember those pensions to be able to stay solvent need a return on their investments of at least 7%. Anything below 7% can cause the pension to collapse. As of the end of 2020, U.S. pensions held 15% of pension funds in domestic government bonds. Now, that includes local, state, and federal bonds. That's down. They used to put 31% invested in government bonds in 2008. But now only about 10% of U.S. pensions are really invested in government bonds, U.S. government bonds. It's around $900 or so. The reason why is because our government bonds only pay about 1% interest. So you're you're 6% away from making enough money. 
So here's how the bailout starts. Beginning now in 2022, the U.S. government is requiring U.S. pensions to reallocate investments, requiring a minimum of 33% or one-third of all pension funds invested in government treasuries. To meet the requirement, pensions are going to be forced to liquidate stocks, real estate, and other investments and shift over to United States government bonds. Here's the kicker. As part of the emergency powers activated by the executive order because of uh, COVID-19, the Fed, unbeknownst to almost everyone, was authorized to sell bonds on the open market for the first time. They could only do that to banks before. So they have all these treasuries sitting around. Who are they going to sell them to? The banks don't want to buy them. They are the banks. Now, because of the emergency, they're allowed to sell those bonds to anybody. Well, guess who the Fed can now sell them to? The pension funds. This is a dirty, dirty, dirty deal. So how does the government get the pensions to play along. I mean, you're going to lose money, right? They know they're going to collapse if they can't get a 7% return. So what are they going to do? Easy. The United States government has the Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which is now like the FDIC, except for pensions. So the United States government, remember I told you they would do this? Do you remember this? In like 2008, I said their government is going to bail the pensions out. Yes. The government now is on the line for all of the pensions. So if they don't make their return, don't worry. The government will pay for the pensions. We can't pay for Social Security, and they're taking on the union pensions. It's a nice shell game. Nine trillion dollars in U.S. guaranteed pensions, also pools of government you know, that they could look in, you know, on their bail-in strategy. You have an IRA or a 401k. These are not part of the plan yet. How about a mortgage with home equity? Is that part of a pool that maybe they could access? Savings or checking account? Is that a pool of money that we could almost make these into derivatives? We're not going to actually take the money, but we're going to borrow against that money. Do you see what's going on? These types of required government bond purchases exist. This is not a new thing. It's just new to us. It's never happened before where you have a pension and you have to buy U.S. government bonds. Never happened before in the United States. It has happened uh, elsewhere. China. Venezuela. They have this program. The United States now has this program. What are you going to do with your money? We have plenty of money, but nothing our money can buy. Transitory inflation. Fleeting. Transitory. Hyperinflation, according to Bank of America. What are you going to do? We go there next at the top of next hour. Do not miss today's show. I think it's critical that you listen to today's show. Um, and if you have to go someplace, you have to tune out now, uh, then listen to the podcast. Make sure you listen to the podcast. 
and share this with any friend that you know actually cares about these things. This has nothing to do with politics. This has everything to do. Ronald Reagan talked about this day. As he was running up huge debt, he said, there's going to come a time when we're going to have to make choices and we're not going to like any of the choices. Well, I got news for you. We're past that now. We're past that. What's coming and how to prepare in just a minute. All right, let me tell you about uh, my pillow. Uh, my pillow is making something great for all of mankind. It is my slippers. My slippers are so comfortable. They're the fusion of comfortability and style. Uh, my slippers, they, are, they have uh, rubber soles, so you can wear them outside. They have this impact gel inside of them, so you can wear them really all day. Indoor, outdoor, they're made from high-quality leather. They look awesome. Uh, they look like moccasins. Oh, but they are much more comfortable, my friend. And wait a minute. Are we taking somebody's culture? Durable, comfortable, they're, they look great, and they right now are 40% off. The My Slippers at MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Use the promo code BECK. Receive the incredible offer. They come with a one-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com, promo code BECK, or call 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com. Let me give you one other story that came out yesterday, completely unrelated. The U.S. nonprofit Digital Dollar Project said yesterday it will launch five pilot programs over the next 12 months to test the potential uses of a U.S. central bank digital currency, the first effort of its kind in the United States. So this will be a digital currency backed by the United States government. What could possibly be wrong with that? Mm. Uh, the Digital Dollar Foundation and Accenture uh, are putting the Digital Dollar Project together. It is uh, research into a U.S. central bank digital currency. Um, the central banks around the world, including in China and Europe, are revving up its uh, central bank digital currency projects to fend off threats from cryptocurrencies and to improve payment systems. As a guardian of the world's most widely used currency, the U.S. Federal Reserve has been moving more cautiously, but it is now working uh, at a fever pace to be able to catch up, apparently. Um, isn't that wonderful? I mean, I think they miss the point of a digital currency. One of the reasons you have a digital currency is because you don't trust the government, and the government debases its currency. That's why you would have Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't think they missed that. I think <laughs> I think yeah. they're very aware that people might figure it out and mm -hmm. they better come up with some other way to stop it. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest risk of crypto, probably. Uh, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, probably. Uh, so you got that going for you. Uh, by the way, uh, this would give the central bank total control. Now, they're. They're saying what's great is uh, they can just put money, stimulus money, right into cryptocurrency, right into your account. Because they'll have all the numbers. They'll have everything they need. So you're not going to have to wait for your tax refund. You're not going to have to wait for stimulus money. They just put it right directly into your account. 
And some lucky Americans are going to be the first to be able to try this out this year. So uh, maybe that'll be you. Oh, I can't. Oh, please call me. Mm. Um, but I just want to remind you, if they can put it into your account, and of course we know they would never do this. What is the old saying? Uh, he that giveth can taketh away. If they can put it into your account. And again, they would never do this. Couldn't they just as easily take it out of your account? Let's say if you were doing something horrible, just horrible, like, I don't know, using horrible language that is so dangerous. You're not talking about hate speech, are you? Well, that's illegal. Or you know. voting for Donald Trump, which oh, would just be that would be bad. horrible, horrible. I think that this is why cryptocurrency is decentralized. The exactly whole point right. Is that you can't yeah. have a central authority just pulling it out of accounts that they want. While the people of the world are pushing to go smaller and more individualistic, the governments of the world are pushing to go bigger. We are at the we're at the point now where we're going to decide one way or another. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let me tell you a little bit about Rough Greens. Uh, ever since we put Rough Greens down uh, in the bowl for Uno, he has changed. And the first thing that changed, he wanted to eat. It was it was crazy. We used to have to we have to assign people to feed him. He was like, "Oh, it's not my turn to feed the dog." And it's not because we were lazy. Because you had to sit there for twenty minutes and not move, otherwise he'd stop eating. Uh, I don't know what your dog is like eating, but if you put rough greens on Uno's food, he snarfs whatever. I could put a brick into his and he would eat it if I had rough greens on it. Rough greens it is probiotics, omega oils, vitamins, minerals. It doesn't just taste good. It's like dog crack for these dogs. Uh, but it is also really good for your dog, and that's what you'll really see over a couple of months of using Rough Greens. They want you to try a free bag of Rough Greens. They'll send you just a little sample just to make sure your dog will eat it. If your dog eats it and likes it, then order a real bag of Rough Greens, and you're going to start to see the changes in, what, over a year. My dog is just not the same dog. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Go there now. Okay, here we go. What you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, you sick, twisted freak. I want to put you on a full-fledged duct tape warning. This is not a drill. Would you agree with this warning? Yes, it's full-fledged. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I should have done this last hour. Uh, full-fledged warning. Wrap your head in duct tape because it just might explode. We begin in 60 seconds. All right. Well, let me tell you about uh, let me tell you about relief factor. Penelope lives in Texas, and over the years she began to get a little older, and she had aches and pains throughout her body. She found she couldn't uh, walk upstairs without having to stop every little bit. That's why God invented elevators, and I hope part of the new Green Deal is an elevator 
in every house. Anyway, Penelope listens to the program. She heard me start talking about Relief Factor a while back, decided, ah, I might as well give it a try. Why not? You know, you're out 20 bucks if it doesn't work for you. If it does work, you get your life back. Well, you know the story. Within three weeks of starting to take Relief Factor, she said that she noticed her pain was receding, eventually almost totally gone. She can walk up the stairs without any problem. She still get the elevator, Penelope, really. I mean, if you're like me, you're going to get fat, and then you're just going to be like, I don't want to walk upstairs. It's too far. You end up sleeping in a chair in the living room. I'm just saying. Relief Factor, not a drug. It was developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to uh, buy more because it works. Get the trial pack now for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. Americans are constantly told conservatives want voter suppression. Police are systemically racist. Equity trumps equality. What's the truth? Is America a racist nation? Glenn investigates the big lies from the left, shares the real data on police violence, and debunks the race baiters that continue to divide our country. Get the facts to fight back. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, only at blazetv.com slash Glenn. So today is a good day to listen to the podcast. If you're just joining us, you really, no, I don't want to use the word want, want to listen to it. I think this is a, you really need to listen to uh, the podcast today. It's a weird day for Stu and I, because we've been talking about this forever, forever. And it's finally beginning, at least in a, transitory way transitory transitory comes and it goes uh i'm i'm interested to see because you you promised at some point a solution to this i do i'm fascinated to hear that Uh but the problem from if to summarize here let me see if i have this correct (laughs) uh prices are up pretty much everywhere I think people are noticing that, right? They're going to the gas pumps. They're going you go to the grocery store. You notice it. Yeah, it's it's to the time. point where it's noticeable to yeah. average people. Yeah, uh, but that's also very noticeable to the economy as a whole. Mm-hmm. Big business people, small business people, everybody's feeling that all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's going up. We have spending going up, not going up. I would say hyper spending. Well, <laughs> hyper spending. Hyper spending. We have spent in the last year, uh, last 12 months, $19 trillion. Isn't the size of the economy for a year $11 trillion? <laughs> yeah, the size of the global economy for the year is $53 trillion. But the U.S. economy is, I think, eleven, right? And the yeah. budget is four trillion, yeah, uh-huh. roughly. Uh-huh. Now it's not four trillion anymore, but right. it was four trillion before we decided to spend all these other trillions. Right. That does not include, by the way, uh, more coming. We have multiple trillions of dollars on the table to be spent. Okay, but then you have Bank of America. You went through a bunch of examples of this. Uh, Warren Buffett's another one, by the way. We didn't even mention Warren Buffett is saying that inflation is here and coming. And he's noticing it. Right. But and almost everybody, the Fed is saying, yeah, we're expecting a little higher than 2% inflation. We're already higher than 2% inflation. 
if you calculate the numbers the way they were calculated back in the 1980s, the last time we had really bad inflation in the 70s and 80s, we would be at almost 11% now, inflation. They're saying, we're just about 2% inflation. No, we're not. No, we're not. The average person will feel it at about 11%. And that's not hyperinflation. No. However, uh-huh. Bank of America... To that they they track how many times people talk about inflation on earnings calls. So this is not just like random people, you know, bloggers, people on social media right. tweeting about inflation. These are actual CEOs who are, by the way, legally required to be telling the truth on these calls. Uh, they, they, I mean, you see, you know, people like in Enron and stuff. That's how they got in trouble because they were saying things that were misleading on earnings calls. It's very very important to get those things uh, as as accurate as possible. So they're talking about inflation more and more. They track that it's up 800% inflation mentions in these earnings calls. And their summary, I don't, I don't have the quote in front of me. Do you have the quote in front of you? By any chance? Uh, yeah, let me get the uh, quote. This, yeah, this is, is from, Bank of America. Yeah, Bank of America, the earnings call from Bank of America. Inflation trends running hot as margins hit record highs is the headline. This is again from Bank of America. We noted during week two that mentions of inflation quadrupled year over year. After last week, mentions have jumped nearly 800% year after year. On an absolute basis, mentions skyrocketed to near record highs, pointing to, at the very least, transitory hyperinflation ahead. End quote. Transitory hyperinflation. I mean, I hyperinflation used to be like some conspiracy theory that you would get in trouble for saying was possible. Oh, believe me, they'll find a way to right. find us that <laughs> we'll get in trouble. Bank of America is saying it now. Yeah. In addition to this, pensions who are already in massive, massive trouble and have to make seven percent uh, in earnings pensions you put you send in your money for your union that goes into the pension fund the pension fund then invests in things like the best thing you can invest in now dogecoin obviously yeah dogecoin Mm -hmm. um they need seven (laughs) percent return year over year otherwise they can't meet the obligations okay so they're on the edge they have gotten out of u.s bonds because it's only returning one percent but here's the good news well, <laughs> they're now going to force pension funds to buy, what, a third or so? Yeah, 30% of their pension fund now has to be in U.S. Treasuries. Right. So they're now just forcing, people might lose confidence, let's say, in U.S. Treasuries in this circumstance that we're discussing. Well, now the pensions have to buy them to stay afloat. And here's the great thing. This is just a giant Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Here's the great thing. They're buying the bonds from the Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve was the one going to the politicians. Yeah, go ahead. Write as much as you want. We'll just we'll buy it. But then the government gave the Federal Reserve an out and granted them covid privileges under the executive order to be able to sell those bonds to anyone who wants to buy them they used to only be able to sell them to under other central banks but central banks are not buying them so now they'll just send they'll sell them to you but they know there's not going to be a big demand for those so the government is forcing the pensions as of 2022 to buy 
bonds from the Federal Reserve. So the banks get their money. You're screwed, mama and, uh, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. Your pensions, you're not going to get it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The federal government is guaranteeing those pensions. So you will be paid that money in U.S. dollars. Now, isn't that great? Because if you're you know, making $2,000 in your pension today, just imagine how far those $2,000 will go under transitory hyperinflation oh gonna be so rich and you're saying you have a solution to this <laughs> no i have uh, which i, I, have I would say i'm to, skeptical of 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 the possibility of such things i have a way to prepare and i want to give you some things to think about so there is a catalog of inflation hedges things that you can buy that are a hedge against inflation the number one has always had an A rating was gold until tips came into the picture in the 1980s. In the 1980s, they realized, the government realized that gold was, people were dropping the federal uh, bonds and they were buying gold and it was freaking people out. Remember, the price of gold in 1973 was 34 $34. Maybe it was $60 an ounce. I think it was 34, but it might have been $60 an ounce, okay, in 1972. Then we went off the gold standard. By uh, 1980, it was about $1,000, and it was freaking everybody out. So the federal government decided, you know what, we're going to come up with new bonds, and we're called, they're called TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected. So it guarantees the rate of inflation however if inflation is low you lose if the government you know hyperinflates the money you lose because what are you going to buy with all that money nothing because it's not worth anything but it's always been rated a hedging power tips this is according to s&p core logic and morningstar the hedge the hedging power of tips is an a long-term Hedging prospects, F. Now, why? Diversified uh, commodities. Um, hedging power is an A, long-term C. Now, that makes sense to me because you would say it's transitory. And so if you're going to buy a whole bunch of different commodities, you're going to buy soybeans and coin, corn and everything else. It's eventually going to get better. So it's a great way to hedge it right now to buy a bunch of that stuff. But eventually it's going to come down. Okay. Indebtedness. I've heard people say, well, now's the time to, to roll borrow, up a big yeah. debt because I'm just going to pay it off with hyperinflated money. Believe me, the house always wins. Indebtedness. Hedging power. A. Long-term prospects, F. Lumber products, B for hedging power. Long-term prospects, A. Let me give you an example. I had to put floors in my house. And 
who knew that when you put in floors, you also have to have plywood underneath it. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Probably was, a lot of people knew that, but I, I didn't know anything. You didn't about know it. it. I didn't know. It. I just thought like, the floors magically came in the house. Yeah. Like they just popped I mean, the house down on a helicopter. You already the have there. wood there. It's a wood floor. Why do you need more wood underneath <laughs> right. it? With double wood, and then you need like two by fours and big. Th- <laughs> Why? It's wood. Anyway, uh, who knew that? So when we bought it, we bought. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, for for me, kind of, we bought more than we needed. We thought we needed, so we we had like I don't know thirty extra sheets of plywood. Well, when we bought them, they were like thirteen dollars. In some places in America today, they're eighty dollars a sheet. Okay, they were thirteen dollars. I could have easily gone in front of Home Depot and said plywood forty five bucks and made <laughs> a killing on it. Okay. Um, This is really important. If you are looking for ways to hedge, do not look to get rich. Do not look for schemes to say, I can profit. I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to profit off of this. I'm sure there are. There are going to be schemes, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of people will lose their shirt at this time as well. Do not go into debt. Don't buy lumber if you're just like, I'm going to corner the lumber market. That's a stupid idea. However, if you're going to use lumber, so you will always have a place for it, and you're not borrowing money, lumber might be a good deal. I just sold my uh, plywood for $13 a sheet. To my friend who is needing to redo their floors as well because of this this cold that happened and the water and everything else. So I sold them to him for 13 bucks. He saved a ton of money. I could have made a profit on that and he probably wouldn't have had a problem, but I didn't I didn't want to do that. But you look for things that people are going to need. The world is always going to need lumber. Here's an interesting one. Bitcoin, hedging power, B, long-term prospects, the only one with a question mark. (laughs) Uh, Commercial real estate, hedging power, B, long-term prospect, A, a house, having the deed, having the deed to your house, B, long-term prospects, D, a B. I will tell you there's a caveat to that, and I don't think we're going to have time today, but could you write this down? I got to talk to you about what I think is coming with houses. I, I, I think there is. Anyway, gold is a C hedging power. Long-term prospects, C. I completely disagree with that. Material uh, producers is a C now. Long-term A. Cash, C. Long-term prospects, D. I think it's an F. Oil, D. Uh, long-term prospects, B. Okay, that's if you're going to invest in things or you're you're looking to do that. I want to break this down. I want to take a one minute break and I want to break this down to the person that is the average person that doesn't have money, that doesn't have a lot of money, that is 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 living day to day and is wondering, what does this mean to me? It's going to mean a lot to you. And let me show you how you can. Uh, protect yourself and your family. I'll do that 
in 60 seconds. Hey, here's one thing you could do. Get out of your timeshare. Get out of your timeshare. Timeshare termination team is waiting for you right now. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. But you have to tell them that I sent you, so make sure you do that. Call 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 888-GET-YOU-OUT. That's 888-438-8688. Or visit them online at Timeshare Termination Team. Not only if you use my name will you get 20% off, they have a 100% money-back guarantee that if they can't get you out of the timeshare, you get your money back, 100% of it. How can they possibly do that? This is not a company that was like, I used to be in a timeshare business, so I know how these scumbags work because, well, I was a scumbag and I'm not now, though. These are attorneys that knew that there was a problem in this area and they could help people. So these are all attorneys that are looking at it the legal way, the most effective way, the permanent way to get you out of your timeshare. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. 888-GET-YOU-OUT. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, Uh, let me go through a couple of things. If you're just joining us, um, Bank of America came out and said there's transitory hyperinflation. Quoting, at the very least, transitory hyperinflation coming our way. Stu, did you ever get the definition of hyperinflation? What is the actual definition? Monetary inflation occurring at a very high rate. Okay. So, so that you, leaves a little bit of wiggle room. Yes. However, traditionally, we understand that as Zimbabwe, uh, Germany, Venezuela, when prices just skyrocket. Now, the reason why they're saying uh, transitory is because they believe this is going to come and then it will go away when the world goes back to normal. But do you think we're going back to normal? We're spending 19 trillion dollars. And we've just proposed another four. We're not really going back to normal, kids. So what do you do? The first thing I want to talk to you about is this. I want you to get this book right now. Crisis Preparedness Handbook. It's the third edition. Uh, Patrick and, or Patricia and Jack Spigarelli. Uh, 40,000 copies sold. I just want to show it on screen. If you happen to be watching the blaze, get this book. This book is the best preparedness book I've ever read because it doesn't overwhelm you. Every book I've ever seen on preparedness, you open up and like, I can't breathe. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and you don't, I mean, you just get stuck because you can't do all of it. This book is so good because it breaks it down and it the whole book takes the attitude of if you can't do that no big deal do this or do that you can't do that okay well maybe you don't need to but try to think of these things it really is the best book and i'm going to explain why here in just a second and give you some things if you are the average person that i urge you to do 
to prepare for what is coming. The one thing I checked, there's a checklist in here on what kind of disasters are you preparing for? This thing has everything in it. I mean, you know, earthquakes, tornado, hurricanes, I mean, all the way down to EMP. The one thing it doesn't say is transitory hyperinflation. But everything in this book, you'll be able to find the answer on what you do, including barter tips, which are really important. I'll go into here in a second. It's Crisis Preparedness Handbook by Patricia and Jack Spigarelli. Get this book today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, well, that's just kind of appropriate. Let me talk to you about Goldline. It's time to stop saying inflation is on the way. You know and I know it's already here. What's on the way, according to Bank of America, is transitory hyperinflation. Great. Have you noticed how your groceries are going up? That's not the price of things going up. That is the value of your dollar. Too many dollars chasing too few goods. We're not making the goods, and we've just pounded dollars out. So, gold. I highly recommend gold and silver because in the end, the world always comes back. Everything that is uh, glitters is not gold, according to Rudyard Kipling's famous poem. Uh, there is a uh, real reason to have physical gold. Call them right now. Talk to them about the 6% free precious metals promotion for self-directed IRA acquisitions at 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can get this show and all the others completely within your subscription to save 10 bucks off with the promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to Tuesday. Today's broadcast we have uh, primarily dedicated to um, preparedness for economic tough times. Now, uh, Bank of America has issued a report that said at the very uh, at the very least transitory hyperinflation is coming. Okay, so. Let's just take them at their word. Not me, not anybody else, not any crazy Yahoo like me saying this. This is Bank of America. Uh, let's take them at their word. How do you prepare? There's lots of different ways, but you have to start thinking like uh, Germans did in the 1930s. There's a great book. I can't remember the name of it. I'll try to find it here before the end of the hour. But there's a great book out. It was a diary of a guy from Germany. Uh, and he he just wrote the you know the daily goings on and it is phenomenal. He said one week none of us had any idea what hyperinflation meant. The next week everyone knew what it meant. And the smart people, uh, I should say half smart people, smart people uh, went and they bought as much as they possibly could early on, so their family was stabled. The reason why I say they were half smart people is because they told people. And then, of course, when there's real uh, scarcity and you appear to have more than others, they come for you. So everything I am telling you today, uh, I would keep it to yourself. I would keep it to yourself. 
just so you know, I'm not doing any of these things. I'm wildly unprepared. Uh, so, so the first thing, if you have zero money, I mean, you have nothing. What job are you doing and how valuable will it be in a bad, chaotic situation? Me, I only have my body to offer and no one's paying me to have sex. <laughs> I'm steak. Okay, very marbled steak. And I know that it, it will be it will, my job will be so short lived. I will be you know, everybody will be working and doing everything and I'll be. I could tell you guys a story. Would you guys like to hear a story? No value in that. Okay. In Mad Max, did you see the storyteller? No, they ate him early on. All right. So what skill do you have? If your skill is not good in a, in a, you know, a, a bad situation, you might want to look at your hobbies. What are your hobbies? Again, the hobby that I'm starting to really be good at now is painting. Nothing. Nothing. No one's going to say, hey, you want to paint a picture for me while we all starve to death or working out here plowing just for a stinking carrot? Nobody's going to want a painting. So again, I'm steak. I realize that. Don't be steak. What hobby? What can you do? Can you fix cars? Can you learn to fix cars? Do you have any kind of building experience? Farming experience. Do you know how the land even works? Can you sew and repair things? That, that's the first thing that you have to do is you have to find the value that you can offer. Because if you have, re I'm talking about catastrophic breakdown. You need to be offering people something, skill, because we're all going to need to work together. Which brings me to my next topic. If you don't have a bug out bag, if you don't have a, a plan to go someplace, you probably should have one now. Uh, and may I highly recommend that you are in a town where it's like minded people. They are good and decent. They have farming skills. They are used to, you know, living off of the land. They are spiritual in nature. Uh, and, uh, and they also believe in the Constitution. I'd find that community. And I'd either move there or I'd have plans on moving there. Uh, the other thing you can do is build a really good reference library. For instance... Um, do you know if if the drugstore breaks down, do you know anything about medicine? Do you know anything about the plants around you that you can eat or can't eat? I'll be dead in three days. I'll be like, where's the cupcake? Where's sprinkles? Where's the cupcake store? I haven't seen a cupcake store. Where's the cupcake store? There's no cupcake stores here. So go forage for something. Ah, uh, hey, this looks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, build a good reference library and that includes all of the things that you should have every american should have all of the founding documents all of the america think of something that is good and worthy if you only had seven books 
what would they be? Uh, then look for things. Um, can you get into communications? How will we communicate with each other? What are your communication skills? Um, do you have, you know, any medical skills? Can you get any medical skills? Can you right now go get skills and don't ever tell somebody you're a doctor? Although I'm a doctor. Boy, won't that be ironic? <gasps> That's how I'll survive. I'm a doctor. He was very sick before I cut him open. Very sick. I, I didn't think he'd survive. <laughs> you, he had a heart problem. You took out his stomach. Oh, well, his stomach had to be removed. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, don't, tell you, don't tell anybody you were a police officer or a doctor. Or you'll, be, you'll be dragged into service. Now, here's something else. You are looking for things, and I'm talking about people who are the average person that doesn't have, I'm, well, I'm talking to my broker this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Uh, we're going to play around at 9 or 12, and uh, we're, we're going we're to talk about stocks and stuff. I'm talking about the average person, okay? Get out of debt as much as you can. Buy something that is of value, a car, even if it's not a fancy car, just a car, that works and a car you could prepare you could repair when you have nothing remember others will have nothing as well toilet paper comes to mind oh no glenn beck is he's starting a rush on toilet paper toilet paper is going to be eight dollars a sheet soon yeah it probably will be but not because i said something uh toilet paper uh razor blades painkillers, you know, over-the-counter medicines, lip balm, diapers, baby wipes, condoms, bar soap, deodorant, shampoo, all of that stuff. If things get really bad and really expensive, wait a minute, you're a farmer, you you have some corn? We haven't had anything but soap for dinner for a while. I'll trade you some soap for some corn. You're looking for things that you can trade people for. Also, I think a very good investment is ammunition. Let me say that again. Ammunition would be a very good investment. Uh, we have a couple of stories uh, on that uh, coming up. Also, uh, coffee. Alcohol. People don't think this way, but if people can't afford something... And let's say, I can't relate to this. You're an alcoholic. I need alcohol. Even if you're not an alcoholic. Right now in today's world, I need alcohol. (laughs) Lots of it. Kids, don't waste your alcoholism on years where the problems aren't that big. You're going (laughs) to need that alcohol someday. As Homer Simpson says, uh, alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of the world's problems. (laughs) Exactly Mm -hmm. right. He's exactly right. Mm Coffee and tea, sugar, sweets, chocolate. Think like your grandparents or your great grandparents in the Great Depression. I told Stu, I mean, I told Pat, he's like, oh, good year to start a a cookie company. And I said, actually, (laughs) cookies and chocolates and sugar will be one of the last things that people will stop buying because when the whole world sucks, you want something normal and you want a treat, and it could be just a bar of chocolate. 
would be great. I've had his cookies, and I believe Kexi Cookie will be the last company standing in America. Yes, he Uh, he even (laughs) he even has something. He's like they're coming, they're coming at us, Glenn, and he's like they're coming for you, man. I'm the cookie guy. (laughs) Well, you're describing here to interrupt a little bit. You're describing here a real. I mean, apocalypse type of situation here. This is not, this so. is not, hey, your prices are going up. Okay, I don't think this so. This is a world where, like, okay, civilization so is crumbling. Your prices are going up. Again, do not tell people you're doing this. Your prices are going up. Your prices are expensive today. If you're in transitionary, or no, I, I'm sorry, uh, uh, transitory, transitory, transitory hyperinflation, hyper mm-hmm. your price of your food, uh, your corn or whatever, is going to go up. I am doing stuff on my house. I bought the stuff that I knew I was going to use. I wasn't using it to barter or anything else. I bought it right now. That's the key. Buy things that you know you're going to need and use, and you know that it might come down before you use it all, but it's better to have it than having to go buy it when it's a bottle of shampoo that used to cost you $3 is now $5 and you think might be $17. Buy it now. The things you can do is cut your spending where you can and buy the things that you know you're going to need. If it's, if it's transitory hyperinflation, great. That means things can... <laughs> I say this with a straight face. <laughs> it means things go back to normal. Great. So try to do everything you can to cut out your expenditures for the next eight months. Buy the things that are going up. Detergents, bleaches. Bleach is going to go through the roof. Um, if you're looking for anything of building a house, it's going to go through the roof. Think about what the government is spending. They're doing things for the Green New Deal. So everything in a house, everything with a grid, everything electricity, any copper is going to go through the roof because the government is going to spend billions buying a bunch of it. That leaves very little for you. Also, one last thing. Don't dismiss this. My grandfather taught me, you know, he lived through the Great Depression and he said, you know, people laughed, people laughed, people laughed. He said, we didn't have the money to invest in the stock market. He said, but everybody was trying to get rich. Everybody was borrowing against things they didn't really own. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. The people who were rich, really rich, they were the ones that had money because they didn't play the game of let's get wealthy quickly. They just kept and they bought things when things began to fall apart. You buy things of intrinsic value. Think as think as as unlike the average American as you possibly can. Think about tomorrow. Think about what you need tomorrow. Buy things when you can and store them. And don't work on that. Don't don't pull from that storehouse until you really need to pull from it. Just keep adding to the storehouse. You buy you go grocery shopping. Just add to that. All right. Back in just a minute. 
Real estate agents I trust. Uh, hey. Hey, buying and selling a house. Ha! Ha ha ha! Sounds like a great time to do it, doesn't it? Right now, the average house is, if you're building a house, it's going to cost you 34%. That's today, 34% more than it would have cost you a year ago. So buying a house is going to be pretty dicey, especially if it's a brand new house. People are moving, uh, and if they're moving from your state, you're going to have a hard time selling your house. You need somebody who is an expert in the area of whether you're buying or where you're selling. An expert in those locations that have the the chops that are one of the best sellers in the area. They have the record. They've been in it for a long time. They have the system to get your home sold fast and for top dollar and to get you not into a uh, into a uh, bidding war, but winning that war and winning the house that you want. Uh, real estate agents I trust will put you into the the hands of those kinds of real estate agents. I urge you, this is a free service to you. You just go to realestateagentsitrust.com. This is my company. We'll put you in touch with a real estate agent. Please don't take my word for it. Please do your own homework. Interview these people. If you don't feel good about it, move on to somebody else. But I think you will feel good about these people. They're really good people. Many of them, if not most of them, uh, are uh, fans of the show. They think like you. And they just want a square deal for everybody involved. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, again, I want to give you uh, one more reminder. The book I urge you to get today. Get it right now. It's called Crisis Preparedness Handbook. It totally revised and updated. This is the third edition, the one I have. It's uh, Patricia Spigarelli, Aston, and Jack Spigarelli. Just, just think spaghetti. Just think the crisis preparedness guy. And if spaghetti looks like it could be their last names, you got the right book. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice. Uh, thank you. I mean, just trying to make people. Th- this is a great, great book. Um, I think tomorrow I'd like to open up the phones somewhat, maybe for an hour, and take your questions on this. Next hour, we're preparing for tomorrow night's TV show, uh, The the Racist Be Damned. The people who are saying we're a racist nation, we're going to set the record straight and give you the tools to be able to argue it. Next hour, we're talking to the farmers and the attorney that is they're suing the government for the right to involved in government projects. What you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. In one of the most shameful things I have seen our country do, and I've seen our country do a lot of shameful things over the years, uh, we are now becoming a nation that is putting in systematic racism. I think we've been a country that's been trying to get rid of all the systematic racism. Uh, I think, you know, we made some great steps in the 1960s and have been moving towards that ever since. Well, we're now being taught that you have to see everything through the lens of uh, race. And uh, and that's why when uh, Joe Biden 
decided to give loan forgiveness to the farmers of America, I thought, okay, well, that's that's nice. That's nice. Except it only goes to minorities. If you're white and a farmer, mm, we're not going to forgive your loan. We can't help you out on that. Excuse me? That seems like it might be unconstitutional. Well, some farmers who are white, so therefore not disadvantaged, uh, they're suing. And we're going to talk to one of the farmers and the attorney involved in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. I love these people who are pushing back on the system. Now, imagine your car is just broken down the side of the road. You're facing the grim reality that you're about to be on the hook for maybe a couple thousand bucks. You know, and that is if you can get the chips that have to uh, be replaced. Your car is broken down on the side of the road uh, and you don't know what to do. Now, imagine you're broken down on the side of the road and you're really kind of pissed because you got things to do. But you can call and, you know, a tow truck's going to come and take the car away and you're not going to pay for it. And you're going to get roadside assistance and you're going to get a rental car. So when yours is in the shop, uh, you don't have to worry about it. You're still doing the things that, you know, help keep cash coming into the, the household. Oh, and by the way, you don't have to worry about what the mechanic is charging because it's covered under CarShield. I think I pick option number two, CarShield. CarShield.com. Use the promo code Beck and save 10% right now. CarShield.com. Promo code Beck. Save 10%. Deductible may apply. What is truly amazing to me is the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, President Joe Biden's signature COVID-19 relief legislation, provides billions of dollars of debt relief to socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. But the law's definition of socially disadvantaged includes explicit racial classifications. Farmers and ranchers must be black or African-American, American Indian, Alaskan Native, Hispanic, Latino, or Asian American or Pacific Islander. Other farmers, white farmers, are not eligible. Hmm. I've been waiting for this day for farmers to stand up and legally fight this. Adam Faust, he is uh, a farmer suing the government for loan forgiveness. Uh, He and I think four other farmers join him. He's the representative today on the program, along with the deputy counsel for the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, Dan Lennington. Dan, how are you? Good, uh, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. You bet. And Adam, how are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you. You are a uh, dairy farmer? That's correct. Can you tell me about your your farm? Uh, Yeah, I milk uh, about 70 Holstein cows, uh, farm about 200 acres of land to provide feed for those cows. Um, We're just a small, traditional stall barn dairy farm. Okay. And you've had a rough go of it. I know dairy farms have had a rough go of it for a long time now. But you've been having a rough go? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, the last couple of years, the prices have been depressed. And uh, 
then when COVID hit, took a real toll. Okay. And you're white, so you're not disadvantaged. Right. right. Exactly. Right. So, so Dan, tell me about the case. So, Glenn, we, we filed this in federal court last Thursday. We filed against the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The, the American Rescue Plan contains $4 billion of loan forgiveness, as you said. What that means is that if you're a farmer who has taken out a loan, uh, you're going to get 100% of that loan forgiven, plus 20% is going to be deposited directly into your bank account. So it's not uncommon for a farmer to take out a million dollar loan for property, for commodities, for land or operating expenses. So if you were a farmer uh, who took out a million dollar loan, say in December, uh, you would get $1.2 million in return. And then you could also sell the crop that you were going to grow and make a profit off of that. This sounds like a great program, but uh, guess what? You don't get it if you're white. Uh, So that's the only requirement is that you're not white and you get the money. So, um, but it says disadvantaged and Adam, I doubt Adam would call himself disadvantaged, but uh, you know, being a double amputee uh, might not be an advantage uh, of getting up every morning and milking the cows in the stalls. He's not included. Uh, no, it's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh so, Dan, who are the other farmers and what does it mean if you win or lose? Uh, the other farmers are from uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, Ohio. I've been on the phone with, with dozens and dozens of other farmers around the country who feel the same way. Uh, they, they don't really want any special treatment. What they want is to be treated equally. Right. So, I mean, this is really a sad chapter in our American history. Our, our country was founded on equality, right? We teach our kids that um, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, right? So in the Abraham Lincoln, again, rededicated our country to equality. Martin Luther King dedicated our country to the colorblind society. All those ideas of equality are now being swept away. This is the opening kickoff. In, in the wars of, of racism and anti-racism and critical race theory, this was the opening salvo. This is, there is more to come from the Biden administration, and you're going to be hearing this, um, this song repeated over and over that we need to do something about those white people, and we need to reverse the tables on them, which is what exactly is happening here. So, Dan, if you win, it could have far-reaching consequences, and the same if you, if you lose. Right. So the U.S. Supreme Court has said in past cases that uh, the government cannot use racism to cure racism. Um, if they're going to use um, some discrimination against people, they have to have it for a very limited time. It has to be narrowly tailored it has to be targeted to remedy past wrongs in very specific circumstances you should think like school desegregation was a time where race was considered a factor and the government rightly desegregated schools but when the government now uh, uses the excuse of systemic racism as their reason for doing this um, the question is where does it stop? What is the logical stopping point? If the government is allowed to use racism and use race discrimination to cure societal discrimination, uh, what else can they do? And the Supreme Court has rejected that, and they've said 
um, you can't do that. There's no logical stopping point. And so if, if the Supreme Court backs down from that principle, uh, it's going to be a, a very long and winding road down this, uh, this tunnel of critical race theory and uh, systemic racism. So, Dan, you're in Wisconsin, which amazes me. Uh, Wisconsin is a very progressive state. It's important to make sure that this goes to the right court. Uh, do you, what, what are you looking at? Who are you bringing this to? So we're bringing it to the, a federal uh, judge in Wisconsin um, and the Green Bay Division of the Eastern District of Wisconsin. Um, we're um, going to litigate it there. Uh, we might ask the judge to put the law on hold while it gets evaluated. We think that's reasonable. Uh, there are uh, there's another lawsuit in Texas um, that's going on. I've heard rumors that there are other law firms who are going to be getting in the mix at West. Uh, so I, I, I say, as far as the litigation strategy, the more the merrier. Um, we need to put the burden on the government to explain why race discrimination is important. Um, and uh, we need to have them put them to the test and have them explain themselves. It's we're the citizens. It's not our burden to prove that this law is is uh, bad. They have to prove this law is right. They have to prove that we should retreat from the principles of equality and we should retreat from what is the foundational principle uh, that all people are created equal and we, we should be treated as individuals. Adam, you know, that's what's lost in this. Uh, Adam, I assume you're not a suing guy. You're not one that sues everybody at the drop of a hat. Uh, no. Okay. Um, I'm pretty happy just to be here and milk my cows. Yeah. So tell me what what made you sign up for this? What drove you to this? Um, well, from the time that I saw this all playing out and the proposal of this act, it really bothered me that there would be that the government would turn its back on its citizens and do something that's racist, which is against the fabric of our country. And as uh, time went on and didn't see anything really happening, I, I have kind of assumed that there'd be organizations that would jump on this immediately and they not see anything happening. I thought, well, somebody has to get involved and has to represent agriculture. I mean, agriculture, is not is not built on a bunch of racist people and yeah. I, how is proven, that? I, I've I've heard from a lot of people and supporting us and thanking us for for stepping up and and trying to take care of this. Well, Adam, I'm a small farmer and a small rancher myself, and I thank you for it. Um, I don't want the loan, nor would I would I apply for the loan. Um, but I have been deeply offended, and so have all of the farmers around my farm. Uh, we all feel the same way. The, the farming community is a tight-knit community. We all help each other. We don't care about your politics or anything else. We help each other because we know at some point we're going to need the help, and we're going to need everybody else to help us. And it's a great community that does help each other. And uh, the division that this creates, I mean, you want to talk about dividing people. How hard is it to divide farmers? Uh, I mean, unless it's a unless it's a squabble over water. 
pretty damn hard. Yep. Adam, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And Dan, when does this go to court? Well, the United States uh, has uh, a few weeks in which to respond to this. And, and uh, as I said, in the meantime, we may have to ask the, the judge to put this law on hold um, before the, the money starts uh, going out. And do you have the money to fight the United States government on this? We are a nonprofit law firm in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and we uh, exist purely on the kindness of others and donations. And And, uh, anybody who wants more information can go to our website at will-law.org. W-I-L-L-law.org? Yes. Okay. Will-law.org. Thank you so much, Dan. Best of luck to you and your team. Adam, God bless you, man. Keep milking those cows. Appreciate you. it. You bet. Bye-bye. Oh, last thing I'd ever want to be is a dairy farmer. Oof. Oof. I don't even want to live around a dairy farm. Seems like hard work. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> really hard. Every day, more and more people are discovering the wonders of rough greens for their dogs. I have seen what it has done to my own dog, Uno. Always been a very picky eater. To I mean, that's at best. Picky eater is at best. He just wouldn't eat at times. You had to stand there and watch him and don't move. If you move, he stops eating. And he looks at you like, are you leaving? Because I'm ready to go. I don't like this food that much. No matter what he was eating. Then we started putting rough greens on top of his food. And now he runs to his bowl. And just the other day, I was telling Tanya, have you noticed how he is like licking the bowl clean? This is dry food we're putting in there. He's licking the bowl and she said, no, I haven't seen that. And I said, well, you've been gone for a couple of weeks. Watch. Watch tonight. He pushes it again. We just keep hearing his bowl slamming against the, the wall of the, of the um, uh, coat room where we feed him. And it's like he is trying to get every crumb out of that bowl. It's amazing. Get a free bag right now, just a little bag just for your dog to try out. All you have to do is pay for shipping. They'll ship it out to you. Just see if your dog will eat it because they don't want you buying a full bag if, you know, if, you're, if your dog's not going to eat it. It will, it will change your dog. Not only his eating habits, but it will change your dog's health. I've seen it in my own dog. You give this a few months and you won't believe the difference. It's Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, or you can call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. 10 seconds, station ID. There is a one-hour live stream broadcast premiering May 4th. That's today. Uh, It's America Salutes 2021. Join me tonight as we celebrate the uh, National Military Appreciation Month by watching the premiere of America Salutes 2021. It's a star-studded virtual tribute to our class of uh, 2021 high school enlistees. These are the people who are in high school and they've decided that they're going to go into the military. It is uh, premiering tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. I, I highly recommend there's a, a thank you uh, from uh, a, a video thank you and a card, if you will, that everybody can sign. And it really, truly makes a big deal uh, if uh, if people sign it. It, it's, it. it shows the Americans are, you know, behind you. 
we're behind you as you go into the into um, the service. Uh, go to americasalutes.us, americasalutes.us. Again, that happens tonight, a one-hour live stream broadcast tonight at 7 p.m. The Encore is at 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, make sure that you go to americasalutes.us and just sign a thank you. We appreciate your service for all of these uh, young kids. How you doing, Stu? You look a little war-weary today. Yeah, this is kind of a scary show. Uh, the only thing entertaining me on the other side, as you are talking about our, our economy collapsing, I'm just watching Dogecoin uh, rise. Uh, and, I mean, we're all going to be billionaires on Dogecoin. So that's the opposite. I mean, now our dollars aren't going to be worth anything. That's, that's right, important to know. Right. But at least we'll have tons of Dogecoin to now, spend. Now, when I said Doge, Dogecoin wasn't worth anything last time, it was worth less than a cent. How much is it worth now? Oh, well, Dogecoin is now at 51 cents. Holy 55 cow. cents. I Holy lost the page. Cow. Yeah. Um, so if you would have put it in, what was it? 0.6? So like a year ago, it was like 0.2 cents. 0.2 cents. So currently it's at 51. So you'd be, you're about 250 times your money from a year ago. So $1,000 invested, you would be 250000 Uh Yes, a lot of millionaires uh, made on Dogecoin. And I do think we hit, actually, I think 58 or 59 cents earlier today. Uh, and a lot of this may be leading into Elon Musk going on Saturday Night Live, which everyone seems to think he's going to mention Dogecoin, uh, which will make it go even higher. I, it's so ridiculous, but it's fun to it's fun to play along at home. It is, especially at 50 cents. Yeah, because you can just yeah. kind of pop in there. Get yeah. a few, you know, maybe you have a couple of hundred extra bucks laying around. Yeah. Uh, laying around. Yeah. It's just gambling it's all the time. It is gambling. It, it is, is gambling. Well, when the government's sending you $1,400 checks, maybe you're taking a couple hundred bucks uh, of that and popping know, it into Dogecoin. The casinos are doing really well. Casinos are doing well. Mm-hmm. There's a great story in the Washington Post. I mean this sincerely. They actually did some really good journalism about an, about an immigrant who came over here, built the American dream by renting out homes to people around a, a, a depressed community uh, that was coming back. I think it was, it was Connecticut, I think it was. Um, and oh, it's connected. He came back. Uh, well, apparently, uh, it had you know, it, it, it had, oh, no, yeah. at the low point, it kind of came back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, long story short, they have t- sent a bunch of money to the people who are renting his homes, and they have told them they don't have to pay any rent. So now he's paying all of the taxes and all of the costs of the home, but he can't remove any of the people because there's a moratorium on evictions and none of them actually have to pay rent because of the laws. They haven't said, because I guess he's an evil rich person, this immigrant who came over here and built the American dream from scratch. He has to now sit here and go bankrupt because he can't pay any of his own tax bills because none of his renters are actually paying rent and they're all protected. So they just stay in there protected from forbearance. Do you know? Forbearance is what, you know, they don't have to pay their mortgage or they don't have to pay their rent mm -hmm. because it's his mortgage. I wonder if he gets forbearance. That's a good question. I don't know if he's paid for these houses in advance. I didn't go into that much detail on on his particular point other than to say that the ongoing costs of of his uh, places he had to keep paying. Um, Now, look, he had built you know a business up he wasn't you know they're not saying he wasn't wealthy wealthy but he was doing relatively well now he's on the verge of bankruptcy with he's run up all of his credit card bills 
to pay these things, and he can't do anything. People are just ignoring him, and he's looking through the windows and seeing big screen TVs inside the houses. Oh my gosh! Can you? I mean, can you imagine how oh frustrating this? Is? You know, the government tries these little fix-it plans, and a lot of people get left out of them. And I think, I think this case, we can make a good, good case that it's uh, intentional. They're intentionally leaving people out. Hmm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Groucho Marx uh, once said, I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member. Well, that's good in the world of comedy, but these days you need to join groups that will not only have you as a member, but which stand for the same things that you do. I don't know if you've heard of AMAC yet, the Association of Mature American Citizens, but it is, you know, it's a group that will give you all the discounts for seniors and everything else. But also, it's an advocacy group that now has over 2 million members, and they're growing. They represent courage, faith, reason, all the things, solvency, all the things that we were taught growing up, all the things we know to be true, national security, sovereignty over unchecked borders, uh, you know, your money is your money. AMAC, they've been pushing for about 12 years now, pushing back on the machine and the radical left's socialist agenda, and they do make a difference. But there's power in numbers. Join them today. Go to amac.us slash Beck. That's amac.us slash Beck. A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. With all this hyperinflation coming, a Blaze TV subscription could be a million dollars by tomorrow. Wow. Wow. Don't miss your chance now. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about a uh, program uh, that I'm involved with tonight, americasalutes.com. Uh, it is a, uh, it's a celebrity, you know, I mean, when I say celebrities, people you like um, <laughs> that uh, are involved in saluting uh, those uh, high school students that have chosen to go into the military. It's just this kind of cool little tribute program. It happens tonight. And it's only on americansalutes.com, and you can sign a, uh, a thank you card there as you go and get ready for it as well. But that is tonight, americasalutes.com. Tomorrow night on the blazetv.com, blazetv.com, I'm going to debunk the three big lies about systematic racism. When the left talks about systematic racism, they conveniently... Uh, leave out a few things. And one of those few things is the uh, willingness to include Asian Americans from that. Asian Americans are so uh, overlooked and, and they, they are, um, they are, they're said to overperform. Uh, they uh, don't represent any real, any real minority. Uh, and that's why they're, uh, excluded from many Ivy League schools now because there's just too many of them and they do too well. Oh, and now all of, of course, the uh, the hatred uh, of Asians, which honestly, I don't even understand. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, we had Asians were our neighbors and friends and I don't even understand it. But uh, 
I guess that's uh, that's going on. Yukon uh, Zhao is with us now. He is the co-founder and president of Asian American Coalition for Education. And we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the discrimination against Asians. Um, you actually sent a letter to the attorney general criticizing the Biden administration and their approach on fighting against anti-Asian violence and hate crimes. Did you not? Uh, yes, uh, Glenn, thank you for having me. Sure. Yeah, I, on April 6th, on behalf of the American Coalition for Education, I sent a letter to U.S. Attorney General Garland because the three, the following three reasons. First, the data and facts point out over majority of the violent attack on Asian Americans were reported in states that either reduced funding for police or released many violent criminal irresponsibly during the COVID-19 pandemic, such as New York, California. But in the, in the states who voted for President Trump, like uh, Texas and uh, Florida, there was very little reporting. So actually, the primary reason is early release uh, violent wow. criminals on the street. So but the Biden administration, they put a wrong blame to like a President Trump to the white supremacists. That so is the number one. Yeah. I, would, I would love to just blindly go with you because you're saying what I like to hear. But do you have anything to back up the, the fact that these crimes are not being reported in in Florida and in Texas, but in California and New York and the connection to the release of violent pris prisoners? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, in Washington, uh, in New York Post uh, on April the 10th, another Chinese American called uh, Wai Wauqin, she published an article, she documented from end of February to end of the March about six uh, like uh, incident versus attack on Asian American. All of them were like people of color were a violence. You know, some of really release early release of the like criminals. Example: a 65 years old Filipino in Middletown was attacked on April 6th, right? And that person actually was a criminal being early released. He was put into like a Marriott, some downtown, you know, hotel. Huh. Democratic mayor treated him very well. But this guy attacked, you know, he murdered his mother many years ago, but he was early released. So that's a lot of data. I also listened to another like Department of Justice a seminar like in South Florida, in over the last few years, you know, that was only one hate crime against Asian. That happened before President Trump. You know, there was no other, like, uh, you know, uh. hate crime in South Florida, huh. uh, like the U.S. Attorney's Office in South Florida. This is a huge contrast. Tell me about, you, you asked for the politicians and the media to stop labeling Asian Americans as overrepresented over or privileged. Tell me about that. Yeah, that is another source of like uh, hate crime, you know, against Asian Americans because, you know, Asian Americans 
we never been uh, like in a position making the national policy, right? We've never been a privileged. You know, the reason we have good performance in the education because we emphasize education, we're hardworking, right? So, but, you know, Rexley's politician from the left, they label us as overrepresented. And in Department of Education in New York City, some politicians even label us as privileged. Mm-hmm. So this absolutely will lead to the hatred towards Asian Americans. It's totally baseless. Is you know is is irresponsible. I will tell you this is a this is a really hasty generalization or overgeneralization. But when I think of Asian kids in school, I think they are smart not because they're born smarter. The the culture, the family culture emphasizes hard work, emphasizes study, and so they perform well. And instead of, you know, uh, people saying that they're privileged, we should be saying, what are you guys doing and how are you doing it? Because, I mean, it's working for you. Exactly. You know, I you know, used to work at like a big corporation. We promote best practice. Unfortunately, in America right now, the liberal don't want to really help the other minority, like black and Hispanic, to really lift lift them up, you know, help them improve the parenting, you know, promote the this kind of pro-education culture. They just want to bring Asian American down. That is wrong. So. How are we doing on the progress in universities? Because it seems to be getting worse. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, it's good news and bad news. The bad news is radical left. They initiate a nationwide campaign to cancel the standard test. That is a sort of American meritocracy. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons they gave is there are too many Asians in the college, right? That is the bad news. The good news is students for further admission, their lawsuit already petitioned to the U.S. Supreme Court. Hopefully, if the U.S. Supreme Court takes this case, we may be able to strike down the systematic racism against Asian Americans, which is race-based affirmative action. They say that meritocracy, your belief in meritocracy, uh, is just you um, playing into the white supremacist view of work hard and you'll get somewhere and you're only playing the white supremacy game to get ahead which i think is a pretty racist thing to say on multiple levels uh but one of which would be they are saying then that meritocracy doesn't exist in in asian culture at all that doesn't seem correct no it's totally wrong actually Meritocracy stem from China. About a thousand years ago, China already implemented imperial like uh, testing system. All the officials need to pass test to become like a government official. All the applicants, right? That happened over a thousand uh, over a thousand years ago. Actually, worldwide, all the nation learn from that. And in China, we had the national college entrance exam. You know, I tell you one story. 
during Chinese Cultural Revolution, Mao Zedong, the dictator, he wanted to bring so-called equity to the workers, to soldiers, to peasants. He stopped the college entrance exam. You guess what? China's economy, technology, innovation, everything collapsed. So America should take a lesson, should not repeat that kind of mistake China had about like half a century ago. So tell me this. You know that story. I know that story. How, Yukon, how does this, how do the, do the people in Washington know? Because they must know that what they're doing is going to damage America and our position to a great extent, or are they just dumb? Uh, I I want to say, you know, some, you know, particularly in people in Washington and some local, uh, you know, local government, many of them are playing dirty identity politics. Why? Because many mayors in all inner city, liberal uh, mayors, they failed the black and Hispanic children miserably in under their watch, like New York City, right? Like the Hispanic and black, their English proficiency and the math proficiency is less than half of the white and the Asian, right? Mm-hmm. But if they failed miserably, you guess what? He wants to continue getting the votes. So they, uh, he tried to change the like entrance exam for the New York specialized high school. For the same reason, many politicians want to change, uh, impose respect in college admission. So they use Asian children, also many times white children, as a scapegoat for their policy failure to solve the issue in the black, too many black and Hispanic community. I thank you for um, standing up and being a voice in reason, especially in a time when nobody seems willing to. Yukon Zhao is uh, our guest, and you can follow him and find more information at um, AsianAmericanForEducation.org. That's AsianAmericanForEducation.org. Thank you so much, Yukon. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You bet. Bye-bye. Tomorrow, we're going to be debunking all of these lies uh, that the left is telling us. I mean, Al Sharpton was amazing. What was it yesterday where he's like, you're telling me? Come on, you can't tell me America's not a racist nation. Really? Now we have to defend that we're not? Isn't that itself against the American system? You're, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. Now they've flipped it. <laughs> Prove to me. Show me that you're not a racist. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, we're going to take it apart tomorrow uh, on Blaze TV, and we really could use your uh, subscription. We we need you as a partner and a family member of Blaze. Join us at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. Yeah, people always say, like, you know, everyone's doing all this stuff. We need to actually do something about it. We need to do something. And I thought about that because people, you say that all the time now. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's what Blaze TV is. That's That was you doing something many yeah, years ago. Being like, hey, we need to do something. Yeah. And then you did something. 
and, and now, here it is. And now they're telling so me we've got to do some of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, so, so do come something. Come a long way on yeah. this already. Join us. We were, you know, we were the first uh, in, and uh, we are now the largest group of conservatives, uh, the largest conservative subscription program in the world. And uh, you're joining a big, big family, and we appreciate it. Join us. America, uh, you can do that now at Blaze TV. Dot com slash Glenn save 10% now use the promo code Glenn American financing uh, this today I've been talking to you a lot uh, in the first two hours if you missed this show make sure you get it on podcast uh, the first two hours of this program really really important about what's coming and I said at the beginning uh, of the show you're going to need the, the phone number 800-906-2440 and you'll understand why by the end of the show, if you've been listening to the whole show, you know exactly why you've got to get the credit card. You got to get rid of that. You've got to put that on your mortgage and let that mortgage pay off the credit card company. So you don't have that monkey on your back. Interest rates there are going to go crazy. Uh, the same thing could be with the with the mortgage of your house. Bank of America said yesterday that at the very least, am I quoting, Stu? Get, make sure I get this right. At the very least, we are looking at transitory, transitory, hyperinflation, 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 hyperinflation. But it's only going to be temporary. Transitory. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, American financing. Call them right now. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. The only way to stop hyperinflation is to make more stuff and burn dollars. And the only way you burn dollars is... Higher interest rates. American Financing, 800-906-2440. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Uh, I've been listening to this MIT uh, podcast for a while, and it's about uh, coming technology. And the latest one was about how easy it is now to uh, reproduce a voice. Oh, Oh, good. Fake voices. Good. Oh, my gosh. It's a story. We should get into this tomorrow. Although, maybe that means we don't have to come into I work. I did think of that. I could be in my jammies in bed with a typewriter. I just type it in. I like it, Stu. 